This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding members, Joe Coughlin and Martin Carlino, as we get you all caught up on everything that is going on here with sports. Um, quick reminder before we get things started in this latest episode, that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available, whether that be Apple iTunes uh spotify what have you make sure you guys give us a nice little like and nice little review while you're there listening to all our episodes of the varsity podcast we're going to do a three uh period format for this episode of the podcast in the first podcast in the first uh period of the podcast weird um we're going to talk about uh things that we missed out on on uh this past year in 2020 um a lot of athletes and a lot of uh teams didn't get a chance to compete this year because of the ongoing pandemic. So uh, we're going to go down memory lane and talk a little bit about we missed out on um, that could have happened and things that we were looking forward to if things were normal this year. Um, in the second period, we're, you're going to hear from former Chicago Blackhawk, uh, San Jose Shark, Boston Bruin, and Ottawa Senator Clay. Uh, uh, he's back in the North Shore area. I caught up with him. Uh, for a story talking about being back and helping a local uh, youth hockey club. And in the third period, we're going to talk about some alumni, uh, just give them a nice shout out as we uh, started the winter season collegiately for most of the sports. Um, and we got some alumni from both Loyola and Nutrier who uh, are competing and uh, impressing uh, upon in this uh, weird collegiate school year. So, uh, why don't we get things started in the first period by talking about some storylines that we missed out on. Um, I feel like uh, it's important to mention that um, since the last time update about any changes or anything like that, not that we really expected any uh, changes to happen or any grand announcements to happen, but uh, figure every episode would be good to mention. Um, just give an update about what we know as of right now. And as of right now, we know that um, – the plan is to be back in January, hopefully get low-risk sports going when you can. Um, at that point, um, just see how it goes from there. If you guys want to hear us talk more about it, make sure you listen to last week's episode of the podcast where Joe and Marty talk about the IHSC needing to take more ownership on that. But um, let's talk about what could have been and what could have been uh, for a lot of teams and a lot of players this past year. Um, because of the ongoing pandemic, there was no spring season at all. Uh, for the IHSA, um, the fall season only consisted of low-risk indoor sports like uh, girls swimming and uh, outdoor uh, uh, girls tennis, uh, boys and girls golf, and boys and girls cross-country. So um, a lot of sports got missed out on in the spring. Um, and so, uh, Marty, why don't I turn it to you? Just uh, what were some of the storylines or some of the teams that you were looking forward to? in 20 that 20 that uh we unfortunately did not get to see yeah i think we uh i think important to say that 
you know, we missed covering all sports and we, we missed the seasons from um, all the teams who weren't able to participate, whether that be in the, uh, in the spring of, of last school year or the fall and winter of this school year so far. So it would just be uh, challenging for us to mention every single sport and talk over every single sport. So we're just going to highlight a few today um, here today. And we apologize if, uh, if that rubs any, any listeners the wrong way, we by no means mean to exclude any sports, but for me, a, a couple of the sports that uh, I really missed out on not having a chance to cover were, were volleyball. Um, traditionally, traditionally, I sh- excuse me, um, Loyola girls volleyball is just a, a powerhouse program. Always a very deep, very talented team. Um, usually goes very far. Um, missed, missed having the chance not to cover them just because usually just so talented and, and the same can be said for, for the programs over at Nutria as well. Um, and then, and then in the fall, another big one was boys soccer. Um, always, we always have great teams at, uh, at Loyola and Nutria. I uh, remember several Nutria GBN battles in the past couple of years that, uh, that Michael covered and I had always great teams and it's, it's, it's sad. We weren't able to, uh, to get the chance to cover them this year, hopefully, we'll have the chance to do so in the future. And, and just in the current season and the winter seasons, really missing out on hockey, always enjoyed our, our hockey coverage. Uh, obviously two of the best programs in the state with Nutria and Loyola, usually teams that are competing for a, for a state championship. So it's, uh, it's tough not being able to cover the cover um, those teams and always, always enjoyed re- our wrestling coverage as well. So not having, any ref any wrestling to uh to talk about or cover is uh is a tough blow as well joe what were some of uh the teams or maybe the storylines you were looking forward to uh this year that didn't end up happening you know similar to marty i'm i'm a bit of a, a volleyball guy um you know so i miss being on the court for volleyball action it's such a fun sport to cover um it's always intense you know a point scored on every possession is a unique thing to volleyball so um, it's always uh, an intense cover um, and fun to do, but uh, a lot for me are the, are the, I guess the biggest, the big ticket sports um, in terms of uh, attendance and things like that. Football, I just really think, um, of course, this isn't going out on a limb that that Loyola had another special team this year, um, and uh, it seemed like some pieces were falling into place, and hopefully they get to continue that in the spring. Um, but uh, you know, it felt weird not being on the sidelines on Friday night or at the very least uh, editing those stories late Friday night when they came in. So, um, you know, missed a lot of that. And, and um, Nutriers always had, had a nice team, too. They, they seemed to be like they were going to have uh, some excitement. Um, I hate to talk in the past tense like that because it still might happen um, in the spring. But um, it's weird not covering that in the fall. Um, but number one for me is basketball, you know, right, especially right now, um, feeling uh, – feeling like we're missing out, not being there on Friday nights and even Tuesday night conference games, um, being in the crowd there for, for pack games between Nutrier and Evanston or, or, uh, you know, um, over at Loyola, um, always a packed game, um, on Friday nights for their conference battles. And, um, you know, on the girls side too, they both have good girls programs, even Regina Dominican. That's kind of a pride for Regina is their basketball program. Um, so it's weird not covering their games or seeing that, uh, coverage in the winter. I just miss, uh, what could have been this, this, uh, late fall and winter. Um, I just, uh, I do, I really miss being there for those games. It feels weird saying that cause I know crowds packed and that kind of feels, uh, uh, gross right now. But, um, 
you know, it's always fun. It's always intense. Um, and something in the, in the preps level that I think, you know, we've all kind of covered the college, um, and even the pro level to some extent, um, some pro talent, the, the high school level is just some a little more pure and a little more, um, intense about it, um, from week to week. So, um, definitely missing that right now. And I know the student athletes and the coaches are missing it too. So not trying to be on par with them, but feels very different this winter. To your earlier point on, uh, on football, is there any irony we can take that quite possibly this would have been the best season weather-wise for covering football? Every Friday night during the, uh, during the fall season, I kept thinking to myself, you know, this would be perfect weather for, uh, for a Friday night. I can't remember, you know, any, any Friday nights in the fall that were just downpours like we always seem to traditionally get in a normal year at least once or twice or in the uh, high 20s or low 30 degrees. So it seemed like there was even maybe a four-week four to five week span where we were in the fifties, sixties, even a little bit. So, uh, not to, uh, not to make light of our discussion, but that definitely would have been, uh, the best weather wise year probably for, for covering high school football on Friday nights. And in the case of Loyola Saturday afternoons, I feel like that's definitely like the number one thing I've been saying, like for how terrible the year it is. I feel like our weather has been pretty great this year, which is a bummer that you can't really make. I mean, I guess you were able to get used to it since we, we should have been outdoors and that kind of stuff. But I feel like for the most part, like our weather has been like great this year. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Has. Um, tough. Marty, I haven't, I hadn't even really focused on that, but now, yeah, now that you say it, it's kind of like, <laughs> dang, that would have been great. We both, uh, we've all uh, stood out in the rain and stood out to snow um, been at Friday night games through lightning, lightning delays. So, uh, it would have been a good yeah. one. But remember the season just being harsh to us sideline reporters. And I'm sure Michael will jump in on this, but I remember you, I think it was week four or week five was the, the week where every game in the state, I think was either delayed at least two or three hours on Friday night. And then some were pushed back to Saturday even. So, you know, you had to, you had to, Friday night and then come back it so often was the case in, in Saturday and I believe the the Saturday the day after was in like the 30s or 40s so it was a it was a cold cold task and then I remember the last two weeks of last season were just like bitterly cold the wind was brutal but uh you know for the world I, I missed that so much this season Michael yeah, I remember that week I, I remember that weekend being brutal. I remember like obviously going up to the press box and like waiting out and then saying the next day. Um, but I also remember discovering this weird rule where, um, and I don't know, maybe I'm missing something here, but like apparently like I had someone uh, cover a, a swim meet and because there was lightning outdoors, they couldn't be in the pool competing for some reason. And they had to cancel the meet. And I was like so surprised. And I was like, well, if it's lightning outdoors, why can't they like be competing indoors? That didn't make sense. I didn't know like whether they're worried about like somehow electricity going through the pipes and into the water or whatever. I don't know how the science of that really works or anything like that. But I remember like just sitting in the GBS press box and being like, really? Like we're not going to have a meet because there's lightning outdoors? Like how does that make like things? Some of the explanation was that maybe it had something to do with the glass. Maybe. How the glass was so close to the swimming lanes in some of the pools. Yeah. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I remember that being a, that, that was a wild weekend. I knew heading, heading in, we were, and it all depended on like how quick your game was going. 
because I remember it was like going really quickly and he was already like halfway through the fourth quarter and then they called in and it was like well that's a bummer you got to go back and it was a blowout too for so we had quarter, to go back yeah, for I a think blow- it was he had to go back for a blowout that was only like two minutes like left in the game or something like that. I think it was Highland Park versus Maine East. Yeah. Those are, yeah, like you mentioned, Mario, those are fun uh, times and uh, fun things to cover. And obviously the weather uh, this year really made us, uh, not that we needed any more reason to miss covering stuff, but gave us a good reason. We got to gotta ask Joe, though, what's your favorite uh, Friday night lights weather story? My favorite one? Um the first, and by favorite, I mean possibly most frustrating. Slash, looking back on it now, you enjoy it. <laughs> I, I'll do. I'll do a couple real quick. Uh, Schaumburg versus Nutrier opening night, probably like six years ago, if not more. Going to be. It was going to be a good game. It was for the first half, and then the rain came in and the lightning, and it was one of those. And I know we've all been there where it was lightning. Okay, we're pausing it. Twenty-seven minutes later another lightning storm. So you were just about to start and it, 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 you had to wait the whole time. So I was there till after midnight, um, for that game. Um, and that was a good one, but what always brings, you know, what always I think of with weather is my first ever high school game I covered back in Champaign. And this is dating me a long time ago. Um, I was into, uh, Tolono, um, watching the unity rockets. Um, shout out to central unity. Illinois. <laughs> the unity rockets and uh i you know i was i think 20 at the time so i wasn't really aware of uh all the rules and so they were explaining to me in the press box but lightning and i was i had a deadline this is a daily newspaper in champagne so you know i had to get a story in by 11 didn't have a laptop on me uh so i had to leave at like in like the third quarter and just be like i don't even have a game story for you guys they were up by 25 or something. So uh, I, had to, I had to rush on deadline to write like a um, as of press time story um, for them. So that was always the stress of that when uh, it was my first ever assignment and I feel like I completely failed. Oh, I'll never forget that. <laughs> Definitely a lot of fun stories and a lot of uh, good uh, memories from uh, years past and what could have been. I Just a, a quick thing uh, for this year, I probably would have said just – and the great lacrosse uh, teams we have in the area. Um, I'm sure uh, Loyola, both boys and girls, and Nutria, both boys and girls, would have been uh, ready to uh, fight for another state title. And I'm sure um, in a normal world, we would have complained about where Loyola and Nutria were assigned to play Hinsdale Central and the whole uh, IHSA uh, complaints about where they assign them and why you don't have the two best teams playing against each other in a championship game. But one day we'll get back to those normal times where we can complain about assignments. We can and, only uh, hope. We can only <laughs> hope. Complain about assignments and see where they're going. But um, why don't we move over now to uh, the second period of the podcast? And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we caught up with uh, former Blackhawk, uh, Wilmette native Tommy Wingles, caught up with him as he's working with the Winnetka Hockey Club right now. I know he's doing some work uh, elsewhere as well, kind of. Um, after his retirement over this past year, he was abroad for the past two seasons um, after a good NHL chance to catch up with him and uh, just talk about what the retirement was like, making that decision was like, uh, and how he uh, knew he wanted to come back to the North Shore area and he wanted to keep hockey in his life. So uh, why don't we uh, listen to Tommy and see uh, 
what led to that decision and just uh, what it's been like working with the kids so far. What has it just kind of been like uh, just being a, a skills coach uh, with, uh, with the club? Yeah, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, um, hockey's been a passion of mine for, uh, gosh, uh, you know, ever since I was born. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's been something I've enjoyed doing it, whether it's playing, whether it's watching it, whether it's helping out younger kids. Uh, it's certainly something I enjoy doing. And when I moved back here to Winneka, um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to stay involved. And, um, you know, it's not about really me uh, helping out. It's, it's about how can I help uh, provide the kids, you know, be a resource for them. You know, some kids like to ask about the NHL. Some kids like to ask, you know, what kind of tips do you have? What can I improve on? And some kids just like to talk hockey or talk uh, local sports here. So, you know, you, you give each kid, you know, kind of what they want there. And, and like I said from the beginning, you know, I just wanted to stay involved within hockey. So, um, you know, I knew Evan a little bit, uh, you know, from past uh, encounters, and, and I saw that he got the, the the hockey director job there. So when he reached out and, and asked me to be a part of it, uh, I certainly said yes. And um, having grown up in Wilmette, you know, youth hockey around here is important to me, so I'm helping out with that program as well. And like I said, just I wanted myself a resource and be available to um, any player at any level who uh, loves the game of hockey. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so that was how the process. That's kind of how it came down. You like knew Evan before, and he reached out and just wanted to see uh, if you'd be interested. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think Winneka went through a little bit of change over the past year with, um, you know, Evan being a hockey director and Bobby Ackery being in the player development, and, and Bobby and my brother. Um, he grew up with my brother, so you know, they both reached out to me when they heard I moved back to Winneka. You know, I think the word kind of spread you know, amongst the small hockey community that there is that, uh, you know, I was back here. And like I said, it's it's a natural fit to to want to stay involved. Um, you know, being part of the community is important to me. Uh, the game of hockey is important. And, you know, the synergy between the two, uh, you know, this is a pretty good fit. Yeah, definitely. So what uh, what have you been doing just when you've gotten a chance to work, work with some of the kids? I know you're a skills coach. So you just work on that. I mean, what, what has it kind of been like? Uh, what have you kind of been up to when you have been working with the kids? Sure. So, you know, earlier in the year, we did a, a weekend clinic where, um, you know, I got to work with every team. So every team got to come through and, you know, put them through a, you know, different, uh, you know, practice than they're used to. Let me kind of take control and, and run things how I want to run a skate for all of them. So that was fun. That was really a good way for me to get to meet everyone and work with everyone. And, and then uh, after that, you know, I've been doing once a week, a couple hours with, uh, you know, the, the Peewees and the Bantams coming kind of the older kids, but just, um, you know, working with the same team, you know, on a weekly basis, you you can do more, you can have more fun with them, you can get to know them better, they get to know you better. So, you know, I, I think the first weekend there, there's a little bit of shock and awe. Everybody was like, oh, wow, I can't believe he's out here. And now it's, um, you know, halfway through all this, it's like, oh, okay, well, you're actually just a normal guy, uh, you know, <laughs> and there's much more normal talk, so... It's like I said, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate to do a lot of it with a good friend of mine, Matthew Lindblad, who's just taken, a, a, you know, involvement this year as well. So um, it's definitely been enjoyable this far, and we're going to continue on doing it. So growing up, did you uh, play for the Winnetka Hockey Club, or which, uh, what, where did you uh, play growing up? I grew up, for the, uh, I grew up in Wilmette and then uh, wow. started my career there playing um, with the Braves there and, and, and bounced around after that as, as I progressed and got older. But 
Uh, now my family and I, we just moved to Aneka, so, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty close to the rink there, and obviously this is the community we're going to be in going forward, so it was important to make myself available uh, to them as well. Yeah. So, um, obviously, uh, leading up to this moment, I know, obviously, you've been uh, playing abroad a couple of years, and I know you announced your retirement over the um, over the summer, but um, what was that moment like for you, just kind of um, making that announcement and making that decision that your professional career was done and that you just wanted to move on to the next part of your life? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was difficult, but it wasn't difficult because, you know, hockey's been such a big part of my life and and it's taken me, you know, I guess now all over the world and I've enjoyed every moment of it. You know, there there isn't a moment that I didn't enjoy, you know, even with the energy, with the injuries and the losses and the heartbreak, but, you know, every minute of it was, was beyond enjoyable. So, you know, that sense of it, you miss it, you miss that, but, you know, there's there's other aspects to life. There's, you know, the want and, and the desire to be in a community. There's, you know, you want your kids to grow up with their friends and go to school and do activities with their friends. And you have other passions, you know. So, you know, hockey took us over to Europe for a couple of years. That was kind of a uh, an experience we never imagined, we never thought about, um, but it's one we we loved and one we will forever cherish and talk about so the timing of this was right you know it just coincided with you know this whole COVID stuff and yeah and the difficulty just presented but uh you know I don't think that had much to do with the timing of it all but uh you know looking back on it now like I said it it, it was an incredible journey it's been a big part of my life for you know 30 some years and you know I anticipate it uh, not going away yeah definitely how important was it for you to just uh, to come back home? I mean, to, just to come back to the North Shore area. Um, were you thinking about going anywhere else? And I mean, I know obviously you spent uh, a good chunk of your career obviously in San Jose, and then you were uh, in a bu- other couple places. But did you always know that you wanted to come back here to the North Shore? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I always had a desire to be back here. You know, I think a, it started with. Um, you know, as a hockey player, you wanting to come back and play for the Blackhawks. And, and fortunately, I had the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah. And then you think about, you know, what's next after hockey? Where do I see myself? Where's their opportunity? Where do I envision um, my family growing and, and enjoying life and, and being a part of that community? And obviously, this is an area I'm very comfortable with. We have an incredible community of people, um, of friends and family. You know, our best friends are in the area you know, a, a really good friend group that's supported me and, and been a part of the whole journey over the past 10 years. And it's just, it was about being back with them. And, and uh, you know, we have friends, like I said, friends in the area. We want to raise our kids with their kids, be around family as well. So it was just, uh, you know, we think this is the perfect fit for us moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Is it weird being back? Have, I mean, have things uh, changed drastically from when you were growing up or are some things still the same? <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of both. Uh, a lot of it's the same. You know, it's, yeah. it's a tight-knit, tight-knit community. It feels like you know someone who knows you very well or, you know, nobody's too far, uh, you know, new to the area, what it seems. And I kind of like that. You know, you reconnect with people who you kind of knew. You connect with people that uh, you knew very well. And it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, the year might be different, but a lot of things are the same. So. Uh, like I said, we enjoy it. Um, I look forward to my kids going to the schools here. They've met some incredible friends thus far. You know, the schools that they're 
going to have been incredible to them. And, and I just, uh, yeah, I really look forward to my kids being able to, to grow up in this area. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you mentioned earlier um, just how important it is and um, how cool it is to be working with the kids. I mean, how um, do you feel like this is kind of where, where you want you want your next part of your life to kind of go kind of into coaching? I mean, have you thought about um, that kind of stuff or are you still just, you know, obviously trying to get settled, get back home, figure things out and then uh, try to figure things out? Uh, yeah, I, I think this, um, is keeping me very happy and busy uh, yeah. sh- for the short term. You know, I, we're still trying to figure out beyond that, but, you know, given what's going on in the world, right. given our, you know, 10 years of, of traveling everywhere and not having a permanent base, you know, this was, like I said, a really, really good fit uh, for the time being. You know, the time being might be a month, the time being might be a year or two, you know. We'll see what, what progresses, but... Uh, like I said, this has been a really good fit for now. I, I'm enjoying it. I, I think the kids are enjoying it. Um, you know, it's one thing to go through it all yourself and, and have this self-enjoyment, but to see the joy from other kids. And, and when you have kids start going through youth sports, you see how much all that matters even more. You know, it's just uh, amplified, you know, to the 10th degree. So if I can be, you know, of help there and, and bring a little extra joy or, you know, make a kid want to go to the rink a little bit more than he used to, uh, you know, that's why I'm doing it. Thanks so much, Tommy, for joining us this week. And always uh, good to get players and coaches insight um, as you guys join us every single week with uh, some good stuff there. So uh, before we move on to the third period, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicagoland area. So make sure you check them out. Move better, live better. So in the third period, we're just going to do some uh, quick hits, some quick uh, shout outs uh, for some alumni from the area who uh, have gotten a chance to compete. I know uh, now a lot of collegiate sports have gotten the chance to compete this year. Um, I think really it's only only been football in the fall and both men's and women's basketball in the winter. Um, but we have some uh, alumni from the area who've done a good job of uh, staying in there and competing. And uh, why don't we start off with uh, Loyola Academy alumna, Julia Martinez. Uh, she's competing at SLU right now. And uh, Marty, I know you got, you know a little bit about her and that you know you've seen uh, how she's been able to compete uh, for the Billikens so far this year in her second year. Yeah, it's great to see her um, continuing her, her level of excellence at the, at the next level um, because as We've talked about before she's was just while she was at Loyola in high school, just a tremendous all around player um, could pretty much do everything on the floor, you know, great ball handler, ball handler, great passer uh, could push the, push the pace of the game tremendously. Um, excellent defender. Uh, certainly one of the best all around uh, basketball players we've, we've seen in a while. So it's great to see that she's uh, she's now finding her, her groove at the collegiate level and uh, just had a career high in points. So, um, it's, it's awesome to see that she's continuing that, uh, that success now at the collegiate level. Yeah, definitely good to see that. She was always, uh, impressing here at, uh, Loyola Academy and the North Shore always, uh, uh, scoring up and, uh, providing assists for the Ramblers as well. We also had a couple of football players who've been able to compete so far this year. Um, uh, new Trier grad, Mike Vincent playing at new Trier at Notre Dame right now and Jake Marweedy. Uh, has gotten a chance to play for Duke. Uh, Joe, I know you got a chance to watch them back in the day. Uh, how have they been doing so far um, in their college seasons? 
Yeah, well, Michael um, is a specialist. He's a long snapper over at Notre Dame. Um, we're seeing a lot of that um, specialization throughout um, throughout the sport, throughout the state. And actually, his predecessor at Notre Dame was a uh, was a Loyola grad, um, um, Michael Shannon. Did I know it's not Michael Shannon? Is that right? John Shannon. John Shannon. I'm sorry. I, I talked about the actor who's also from Nutria, Michael Shannon, but John Shannon from Loyal Academy. So Michael Vincent is actually now a finalist for the, um, for the Bullsworth trophy, which is awarded to the most outstanding um, walk-on uh, in FBS. So he was a former walk-on now the, on the first string long snapper at Notre Dame. And obviously Notre Dame is a, is a college uh, football playoff team is a ranked number two in the nation, I believe. So um, he's getting, to play in the biggest, um, most, uh, the highest platform you can at the college level. And he's first string and, and good luck to him. Um, pretty cool stuff. And Jake Marwini's over at, um, Duke. And we talked about him a little earlier, um, this season when he had a, a huge 55 yard touchdown, that was pretty cool. And, um, we watched the highlight and since, you know, he's, he's catching a ball a week, at least, um, had three catches against NC state couple catches against Miami, a couple against Georgia Tech. So he's getting on the field and, he, and he's making catches. So for the season, he, he's had uh, 13 catches. So um, Jake Marwee, definitely part of, the, uh, part of the planning and part of the offense there for Duke. So um, he's a Loyola Academy grad, was an absolute stud over there, big guy. He's uh, 6'6", 245 pounds. He's a redshirt junior now at Duke. So um, good things happen for both Mr. Vincent at Notre Dame and uh, Jake over at Duke. Yeah. And then we also have another Loyola Academy uh, grad, uh, Jordan Pichinski. Uh He's gotten the chance to play uh, four games for Drake so far this year. Luckily, uh, most of their games have gone on without any uh, cancellation so far. He's played in uh, four games. He's gotten 18 minutes, um, has scored seven total points, 1.8 uh, points per game, a couple, uh, five, uh, seven total rebounds in the game. Uh, he's shooting uh, 100%, uh, 100% right now. He's one for one in field goal attempts, so that's a good start to your uh, collegiate career as well. But good to see uh, him getting a chance to uh, play. I know he also, uh, his brother actually has not gotten a chance to play this year because both of uh, Sienna's games have gotten canceled. So um, luckily for uh, Jordan, or he was able to uh, get that going and get the, uh, get the season starting and get his collegiate season started as well. So those are just a few of the North Shore athletes I know who are complete competing collegially. I know that there are many, many, many athletes competing collegially, um, but we just figured we'd give a few of them a nice little shout out um, going forward and just to uh, talk about what they've been able to accomplish this year. So uh, I think that's everything we've got going on in the podcast show. Marty, you guys have any uh, things to say against IHSA before we say goodbye or uh, Joe, any hockey hot takes or anything like that? I think we are supposed to get a meeting next week, so we may have to hold back the fire until next week's episode. <laughs> Make a plan. All right, Amanda, that's a pretty good note to end on. Make a plan. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this week, folks. As always, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you review us. Listen to old episodes of the podcast as well as they are always award-winning and uh, always fresh. You never get a stale podcast from us. But uh, thanks so much for Joe and Marty for joining this week. And thank you so much for listening this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road.
Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Thank you.